0: This episode of Manage Smarter is brought to you by Sales Fuel Sales Manager Training, based on the Sales Manager's Guide to Greatness. It's a 36 lesson on-demand program to upskill your sales manager so they can execute your vision and drive consistent revenue growth. Watch a free lesson and find out more at salesfuel.com/smt. Welcome to the Manage Smarter podcast with host C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast.
1: Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. We are so pleased that you're here today, not only with us on the Sales Expert uh, channel, but also Lee on all the major podcast outlets.
2: That's right. And, you know, since we are Manage Smarter and we are on that Sales Experts channel, uh, we're speaking specifically to the sales managers today. And what a better person to have on board than my friend, Kevin Davis. longtime friend of the show. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Great, Audrey. Lee, great to be with you today. Glad you could join us.
1: Let me introduce myself for those of you that are new to the show. I'm Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President
2: of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith. I'm the President and CEO of SalesFuel.
1: And yes, our longtime friend of Sales Fuel and this show, Kevin Davis, is here. Founder and president of Topline Leadership. Over the past 25 years, more than 20,000 sales managers from many of the world's most successful companies have attended Kevin's two-day workshop on sales management leadership. Author of three books. I'm going to do the titles again, Kevin. Getting Into Your Customer's Head, Slow Down, Sell Faster, Understand Your Customer's Buying process and maximize your sales. And this one that everybody knows, the sales manager's guide to greatness, 10 essential strategies for leading your team to the top. And I might add, before we jump in, he is also the architect of our sales fuel sales manager training program and a facilitator as well on that. Whew. Okay.
3: <laughs> Lee, you've got the first question. We won't ask you to say that again on me. That's right.
1: Okay. <laughs>
2: So Kevin, you've been at this for a while. I mean, you do a lot of workshops or, you know, you've done a lot of workshops live, you know, before the pandemic. Now you're doing a lot of stuff virtually, but I'm just going to jump right in. And this is going to be, we can talk about the answer to this question for a little while. I think it's like, where do sales managers typically screw up?
3: Well, uh, the most fundamental mistake they make is functioning out of their intuition, and this is often driven by, uh, I think, uh, fr- from a corporate training perspective, the sales manager position is the most overlooked audience of all. So mm-hmm. they have t- traditionally received the very least amount of training. And without that training that, uh, that can be so helpful to them, they operate from a position of intuition, which means as a former peak performing salesperson, they keep selling, um, and uh, they tend to take on tasks that uh, ultimately should be resolved by others, but so they they spend too, way too much time on tasks that don't really have a meaningful impact on developing the team or achieving revenue. I mean that that's the core issue right there, uh, and sure we can teach them how to coach and why to coach and how to motivate and all of those specific skill sets that they need to get better, but, uh, but at the end of the day, it's making better choices and working on more important tasks that drive development and revenue growth.
2: Yeah, I view it as is like the, the, the biggest area of screw up is right in here, it's the mindset. It's like you're, yeah. you're not selling anymore, okay? You're helping other people to sell, You're not getting all the glory and all the credit and everything like that. They are. Uh, And and also, it's like, you know, you don't just represent yourself now. You represent an entire department to the rest of the company. And I think that's another area where I see new sales managers step in. They they, they, they just they either just want to sell or just want to isolate themselves and just talking about sales when the reality of it is like, we got to align ourselves with marketing got and customer service. And at the same point, we have to represent our department then to the company leadership so they know what we're doing and how things are going and what's selling and what's not. And I, also, I see that overlooked quite a bit. Do you see the same thing? Uh, well,
3: definitely. Um, and uh, candidly, I think – those communication points and linkages are part of the problem because they're pulled in so many different directions. Right. And the task that that has the primary task of a sales manager is to improve the team. And at the end of the year, that's what the sales manager's job performance is, is reviewed on. And I, I was talking to a manager recently and she, she said, about this issue of time management. And she said, well, she wasn't satisfied with how she was handling her time because she felt like her boss, she was in California, her boss was in Boston, that she needed to reply to his emails within 30 minutes. And I was just like, as long as you proceed through life, trying to lead a sales team with that, mentality and she hadn't even talked to him about it. And if that was true or not, you're never going to achieve the full potential that you have as a sales team leader, because she's spending so much time focused on what her boss needs that she's spending very little time with her people, helping them get better. What they need.
1: Yeah. I remember when I took a uh, middle management position within the sales department, but I was public relations then a very large hotel company it was the first time I got schooled and, Oh, you got to manage up and manage down. And I was like, well, I don't know how to manage up. You know, as long as my immediate boss is happy, what are you talking about? Uh, what's your advice to people who have never managed up or felt that middle manager squeeze or you're the man you have to manage down and manage up.
3: How well, do i a shock to my
1: system. I don't
3: there's got to be a, a, a clear uh, understanding of what, uh, you know what the sales manager should be doing, and I mean, in our our online program, uh, you have a tool that is the success profile for sales managers, which defines very clearly and specifically the performance objectives. And I mean, it's just, it's a template that can be modified that should be discussed between a sales manager and the VP of sales or whoever the sales manager reports to make sure there's a clear agreement on what the sales manager's priorities are. And that without that, then you can't proactively push back and manage up, right? Uh, Nothing is defined. And so nothing is prioritized. That's
2: that's, that's it. Where, that's where and it's the same level problem agreements. that you
3: have between salespeople and their managers. If you haven't defined it, then yeah. it's not prioritized, and you don't get the behaviors that you want out of your salespeople. So it's it's about putting your expectations in in writing and sharing it up and down
2: those service level agreements are so important, not only with the salespeople reporting to the sales manager, but it's also the sales department interacting then with all the other departments in a company mm-hmm. That so that each department knows what's expected of the other and in, in what priority. And yeah, you've got a document or you've got something that you can point back to and kind of say, okay, this is my expectation and, and you know help me understand why this isn't happening.
3: Yeah, and I mean, so let's just say that marketing has, a salesperson has a problem with some sales collateral. So the the salesperson comes to the manager virtually or physically and says, uh, hey, boss, we have a problem. Notice their use of the pronoun, we. We. <laughs> Only when there's a problem, it's we. <laughs> and and we. then the salesperson describes a problem to the boss, the manager, and the manager does what most managers do, which is act on intuition and says, let me look into it. Let me, and I'll get back to you. And in the blink of an eye, two things have just happened, which are typically associated with a subordinate in a relationship. Number one, Hmm. the salesperson delegated to the manager. (laughs) And number two, the manager agreed to provide the sales rep with a progress report. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. (laughs) And so that's, that is the simple nexus of where this crisis occurs, which then distracts the sales manager. I mean, how many times is the, for the mm-hmm. sales managers watching, how many times has it happened where you've said, I can't talk right now, I'm coaching? Never. Right? Never. <laughs> mm-hmm. Never. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. the problem. We don't oh, spend think enough, enough time the- coaching. And coaching is the one task or topic that has been directly correlated with sales revenue growth. And so it's not talking about a deal, it's developing the salesperson's skills and knowledge on that deal. That's the topic that actually will impact revenue over the long term. And what a sales manager should care most about is not how effective the salesperson is on a particular deal where the sales manager is watching but on all the other deals when the manager isn't watching. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. the power of coaching is you help through the questions that you ask your salespeople, you empower them to coach themselves when you're not there. And that speeds up their growth cycle of learning and teach them to figure it out. Performance. Right. He's got, you
2: is got to t- teach them to figure it out. I mean it's like Audrey will tell you so many times is like you know, when I what I I I spent a lot of time coaching her when you know, when she first Matt, started here, but now her. I can just pretty yeah. much say, figure it
3: out. <laughs> let I'm me always know what grateful come up for with. that
1: because then I learned something new and then I have a whole new process and it's you know it's
3: it's good. Well and probably Audrey you know the questions that Lee asked you all and and I mean I mean certainly one of the attributes of the best salespeople in the world is their their self-awareness and their ability to coach themselves and think back about what they did after they did it. Mm -hmm. That 15 minutes in the car after the
2: sales call, right? It's like, it's always a replay of what just happened.
3: Yeah. What did I do right? Is there anything Mm -hmm. I could have done differently? If I had that meeting to do over again, what would I do differently? And how would I make that happen? Is I, did I lose it at some point? I mean, these are the kind of self-awareness questions that where greatness, you know, it exits from or is to contribute, you know, mm-hmm. that is a, that that's what we have to do. We have to have that uh, ability to, to get the self-reflection and uh, awareness.
1: Yeah. So. What do you say to uh, sales managers who say, I'm too busy. Now we've said, okay, you have to manage up. You have to manage down. You're getting pulled in a million different directions. I don't want to attend other departmental meetings, even if it's just once a month. I don't have time for that to get aligned. Um, I don't want to go to those meetings. They're a waste of my time.
3: Uh, talk to your boss. I mean, how, how many of these are you getting pulled in? And that's certainly part of this whole discussion to have with um, when we work, when, when you work with your clients to improve their sales manager skills you're typically talking to the vice president of sales. And one of the questions to ask that person is what tasks might you be placing upon your sales managers that are obstructing them from uh from improving the development and skill set of your salespeople. I mean, if it's one meeting a week, maybe you do it. If it's One meeting a day, time to push back. I see what you're saying. I believe you need to have at least one, one one-on-one, especially these days with the pandemic and the importance of remote management. I mean, think about it. Your salespeople have less communication with the outside world. These are extroverts. Mm -hmm. And so, hello, you better connect with them more frequently mm-hmm. now than you had to mm-hmm. in the past. And it, it, I think so so you know when I'm it, called it, it, in it, it, to work it, it, with, to work with a client, it's like uh, hey, we, we'd like you to work with our sales managers to help them get better. Great. okay? Uh, tell you what, uh, here's my first clue. Uh, let, me, let me take a look at your calendar. What's on your calendar?
1: Yeah, that's a good.
3: Check. And if it's a yeah. bunch of meetings with marketing and engineering, and and there's no coaching appointments,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I know I'm I'm. You know, Kevin. There's a, there's a there's an old um, phrase proverb. Wait, says don't don't tell me what you value. Show me your budget, and I'll show you what you value. So in this case, it's like don't tell me what's important. Show me your calendar,
3: and I'll tell you what's important to you. <laughs> Yeah. And for those VPs of sales out there, the question, you know, can you see your salesman? Yeah. You can see your manager's calendar. So what's your expectation? Do you want them to have one deal coaching session every week with each salesperson that reports to them? Or what percentage of their time do you want them coaching and developing their salespeople? And what should a monthly one-on-one where we sit down and review new opportunities added to their funnel opportunities that were in the funnel from last month that didn't move forward and why, what opportunities they think they're going to close. So, so what we tend to do as managers is we have this tunnel vision. What are you going to close? What can we do to help you close it? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's when you look at the sales cycle, as a series of things, or or the buying cycle, that's managers are focused on the end of the process. That's what they're being held accountable for in their minds, right? In their mind, and that's true. So this is kind of flowing down from that VP of sales and company leadership. Okay, I get that, but where in the customer's mindset is the size of the purchase they're considering determined?
2: Yeah. It's, it, it, it's like, it, it, it all has to flow back to the buyer, right? It's it, like,
3: it all flows back to the buyer and they make the decision on the size when they're determining their needs, which is at the beginning of the process. Okay. So if you've the managers- Sales managers focused on the close and you've got, if you want to increase the deal size, you got to coach early sales mm-hmm. skills.
2: I say what you're saying. But if right? you're coaching just on closing the deal and everything like that, are you really coaching? Or are you just doing
3: a pipeline review? Yeah, and then think about this, Lee and Audrey. Is that when you're coaching the close, what message does that send to your salespeople who are watching everything you do? They that's see the what's important to you. The
1: process aren't important. It here. says,
3: yeah, it says, yeah, move, right. just just move move them quickly, sell faster mm-hmm. to get to the close, because that's what the manager's example is. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wrote my book, slow, one of my first books, Slow Down So Faster. Yeah, it's that makes like, sense. Yeah,
1: right.
3: You got to slow down and ask better questions in the beginning phases of a sale where the size of the need is determined.
2: Audrey, I know you were curious to, to, to learn more about what sales managers can do to be better aligned with their marketing team since you run a marketing team, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, t- so, Kevin, what's your advice for that? Say that again, Lee. Uh, what advice can you give the managers to help them become better aligned with their marketing team so that the marketing folks can give them more of what they need to succeed? Not just collateral, but also if they're yeah. generating leads and that sort of thing, what, you know,
3: what can the sales manager leads. do? Yeah. Well, obviously uh, a clear definition in your company of the buyer's journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, key, key uh, sales communications I think. Also, I did a uh, on a webinar. I did a polling question, and the question was to the effect of, what percentage of you know there was like 150 sales managers on this call from a variety of different companies, and I asked what per you know is your sales process, meaning is your funnel and your CRM, is it sales process focus is it steps of the sale or is it the customer's steps of the purchase and 85% of the managers on that call said it's steps of the sale yeah and what happens is that when you are aligned with the steps of the sale then the sales people tend to be looking for and pushing deals along the sales process And the customer isn't there yet. They're not moving in alignment with your salesperson. And because you're not focused on buyer actions, the salesperson is unaware when the buyer has stopped moving forward. And so there's a gap in time, a delay in time, until the salesperson figures out a rut row. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. uh, And then... Uh, so, so that makes marketing late to the game uh, because there's a delay in in time from when the salesperson doesn't advance the sale. They're not aware of the sale advancing. The customer says, "Sure, give me a call in a couple of weeks," and but is that something that marketing can do for the sales game?
2: I'm sorry? You know, since sales you know, uh, tends to struggle with that sometimes, is that something that marketing can take the lead on and deliver that to the sales team and say, okay, we, we've done the research here of X number of customers and here's what, how we've determined how they purchase our product?
3: Absolutely. And, but it's, it's what is the buyer's journey and defining those buyer actions. Link them, if you have a sales process, A lot of companies do. And the last thing they want to do is mess around with their CRM. I get that. But we've got to have an awareness of buyer actions um, that are maybe linked or whatever. Um, And then, yes, Mm -hmm. uh, that can be hugely beneficial. And then guess what? Once marketing does that, once marketing shares those actions in the buyer's journey, the sales manager is the one that needs to ask those questions and of the sales people uh, to find out, has this buyer action taken place? Because if it hasn't, why are we forecasting this to close by the end of the month if the buyer didn't do this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, so this is the thing, you know, many salespeople are selling or they're thinking about what they need to do, and they've been trained to sell on the company sales process, but yet the buying process is where selling should start.
1: Turns couldn't, it on its head. It's a yeah, different line I can agree with you more.
3: Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and of
2: course I've done the same thing with my book Sales Grid, which is you know how buyers qualify sellers. And again, thinking of it in terms of, instead of us thinking about who are we going to go after, who's our ideal customer profile and everything like that, let's think about how do the buyers decide who they want to work with, Mm -hmm. you know, and what are they looking for? And, And what qualifications do we have? What credibility do we have in a given vertical category or our level of experience and our ability to solve their problems? And what kind of track record do we have and play to those strengths you know, rather than just going, oh, I want to go out and chase this, this brand new vertical that we have no business being in just because it looks like there's a lot of money out there. You know, we have no credibility there. So same kind of deal. It's all, you know, if we put the buyer first, instead of thinking of the buyer as an opponent, and as an opponent, I mean, it's like, we have to overcome their objections. We have to extract budget from them. We have to get past the gatekeeper. If you think about all the, all the things all we negative. use in sales, it, yeah. it's all the buyer as opponent <laughs> rather than us putting the buyer first. That's my right. rant. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm done. <laughs> it's
1: funny. We were just talking yesterday, my husband and I, when we were shopping, for homes in Illinois when we thought we were moving to Illinois. And I just brought up in the kitchen that last night, came up on a Facebook memory or something. Kevin, you have like this. My husband turns to me and he says, God, that realtor, she was such a flake. I couldn't stand her. That day was like torture. He did. He was never going to work with her from the minute he met her. And, you know, there was just something about her credentials or the way she was. And and there it is. It it, it, it was a very long day. Torture. <laughs>
2: But, you know, and, you and know? Kevin, that's a, that's an excellent point. In sales, it's super important that we're likable and, and that we're liked by buyers mm-hmm. and like that. And when we get promoted to managers, that sometimes goes along with us. That's like we need to be liked by our staff. And it's like and I've seen sales managers that you know, you know, turn their sales staffs into their best friends, and they go out you know, on weekends and stuff like
3: that. And it's like not such a good idea, don't you think? Um. Yes, likability is certainly an important attribute in the sales profession. But from a leadership perspective, what's more important is respect. Yes. And Mm -hmm. for respect, one must be willing to make decisions that are for the good of the company and the customer, which some of your salespeople may not like. Mm -hmm. But you have to have the intestinal fortitude to say, this is the decision I'm making. It's influenced by senior leadership. What's best for the customer? These are the reasons why. Because so often what happens is you get a a manager who does a meeting with the team and says, the company has decided. So in other words, it's like the manager takes the salesperson's position Mm -hmm. resisting this change.
2: Not good. Well, they, they don't want yeah, to admit that they actually were, you know, made the smart decision. You know, it's like, and so they don't want the onus to be on, I'm not the bad guy. Don't think of me as the bad guy. No, no. It's th- that, that <laughs> gal up there.
3: Yeah. And, and there's a, obviously likability is a much, is a much bigger issue too, right? Because another consequence of, of a manager whose primary focus is likability is that manager is going to have a very difficult uh, time confronting underperformers. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: They're going to Mm -hmm. believe wildly speculative forecasts because they trust their salespeople. I I have my salespeople's backs. That's my job.
2: I have their back. Yeah.
3: But when you think about it, it's the same thing. The example I mentioned a a little bit ago, which is, uh, let me look into it and I'll get back to you. (laughs) Essentially, we're flipping the 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 pyramid and we're right. putting salespeople in charge of the managers. It's like we're a glorified administrative assistant, and uh, we're running around. But the question is, you know, when your head hits a pillow on Friday night, you have to ask yourself: Is your sales team one percent better on Friday afternoon than they were the previous Friday? Because if the answer is no, you spend a lot of time. Running around putting out fires, not really improving the team or engaged in tasks that will increase your company's win rate. Right. And that's the job, right? And you just capsulize it in a nutshell. That's the job. That's the job. That's the job. Yeah. So it is the awareness that there's a difference between urgent and important. And um, we need to put our attention on more important stuff.
1: Well, you're not going to like me. I'm going to sacrifice my likability because I'm the timekeeper of the show and we're pretty much out of time (laughs) for the good of the company. But, real quick, talk about what you got going on at Topline Leadership. And then, obviously, we'd love everybody to go to our Sales Fuel Sales Manager training page on Uh, our website as well.
3: Super excited about our alliance with Sales Fuel. Um, uh, when, uh, when the pandemic hit, I went in to uh, develop uh, an online course. So for the last 25 years, I've been working with teams of sales managers and live workshops. Obviously, that went away uh, with the pandemic. So we developed uh, an online course for sales managers that provides companies with a core framework for leading, coaching, and managing the performance of a sales team and what's great about it is it's served up in bite-size videos that sales managers can complete the course without any disruption to their current schedule and calendar. So they just take it a little, rather than going to a two-day seminar where they have to fly across the world and <laughs> your company has to pay them to fly and put them up in hotels and all that kind of stuff, they just get a little bit over time virtually, whether it's on their uh, iPhone or iPad or whatever, and then guided facilitation that we provide together, mm-hmm. sales Fuel and I, where we work with managers as they go through the course at key points to help them extract the learnings and make sure they get it. Uh, but it provides a core framework for leading, coaching, and managing the performance of a sales team. I'll, I'll just say the videos
2: are extremely well done. I mean, you, you yes. did a hell of a job on that, Kevin. Uh, and number one. Number two is I, I really, Dave and I really enjoyed doing the facilitation on that because really it's, we're, we're applying what you've learned and we're applying it to your unique situation, your company, your culture, your team, and we're getting specific about it. And I think that, I think the, the facilitation is something that cannot be overlooked you know, you can just kind of say, Oh, I'm just going to take the video training. I'm going to go through that. And, 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 and well, it's like, but being able to apply that as you're learning it before you've forgotten a lot of it and have is, makes it I think, stick. Absolutely.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I tell you, one of the other things that's great about this is the online version is in the past delivering it live. You really needed an audience of 15 to 16 managers in order to make it make sense for the client and for us. And, um, And that's totally changed, smaller groups, five, four, five, six managers worked phenomenally well with uh, the virtual uh, online course. And so uh, for anybody out there that has a smaller group of managers, it didn't maybe make sense before, uh, it it makes a heck of a lot of sense now. And uh, uh, the best way to, uh, you know, this is an overlooked audience, Let's, mm-hmm. let's provide them the, they're, they're highly talented, they're committed, they've proven themselves. They've got a
2: really You're, difficult job. I mean, it's it, yeah. with, with ridiculous expectations.
3: You yeah, I mean? and they are the most overlooked audience in corporate America, so they haven't really had, I mean, the question I always ask sales managers is, how many sales seminars have you been through and how many sales management trainings have you been to? And it's like total disparity. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've been trained I, to be fantastic salespeople, but many of us haven't had sales management education, and it's a completely different skill set. Totally. Yes.
2: And let's yep. not confuse that though with the the, the, the work, workshops and seminars that HR makes you go to. All right, that's management. You know, that's that where that's just basically following the law and, and process and procedure, whatever. That's not sales management training.
3: Well, we all know, uh, and, and whenever sales managers go to those general management courses, uh, what they don't say but think <laughs> is uh, my job is unlike any other management position in this company, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they're thinking. And, uh, and so they're, they're kind of maybe sitting in the back of the room, maybe getting up to check their messages uh, a little more than the other participants. Because they're not getting anything on funnel coaching. They're not getting anything on the pipeline and on one-on-one performance reviews where, we, where we're where we digging into deals, deal coaching, post-call, pre-call, post-call coaching. I mean, none of that stuff gets covered. I'm getting a
1: headache just listening to you.
3: <laughs> okay I'll no, shut what up I mean.
1: no 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 don't shut up i mean just the the, the all that stuff all the time 24 I 7 mean, yeah, it's to, just a ama- massive amount of responsibility but to have
2: mastery though at at your yes. craft it's no different than what yes. you had to go through with with public relations because when you talk about all this stuff about public relations, my head spins too yeah because you know, that's not yeah. my craft it's a different <laughs> but, but it's like, discipline yeah
1: but i no, it's wonderful kevin this program and uh, i think everybody needs to check it out because, well, yeah, you. all that stuff. And you can see um, Kevin's outlined all the content, all the chapters and the various breakouts. And it's all on the website for everybody. So you can and go see the different
2: pods. SalesFuel.com slash SMT for sales manager training. Kevin's you know. like, I really appreciate uh, you know, the work that you bring uh, to the table every day, but more importantly, I really appreciate you as a friend and I'm I'm delighted to have you on the show today and really delighted to be working with you in the future. Thank you. And
0: uh, the feeling is mutual. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes overcast or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com.